Welcome along to Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and I'm really excited today because I've managed to drag one of my superstar property managers onto the episode, Dwayne Long. He was the Rewa Property Manager of the Year in 2013 and has worked with me for nine odd years. Absolute uh, powerhouse when it comes to property management, and uh, I really thought it would be valuable to pick his brain on what are we doing day to day to maximize the rents on our Perth properties. And we go through a lot of different aspects and take you inside our property management uh, to show that there is a lot of complexity and a lot of things involved in order to make sure we're getting that very best price for our clients. So I think you're really going to get a lot out of this episode Let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now here is your host, Jared Mann. Hey, Dwayne. How are you going? Hey, Jared. I'm well. Yourself, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. I know it's a bit strange. We talk to each other all day, but I wanted to grab you on this podcast and talk about some of the crazy things that we're seeing in our Perth market at the moment. Wouldn't you say we haven't seen this in a long while? Yeah, I think it'd been five, maybe six years since we've seen activity like this. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So what kind of numbers are we seeing in our home opens and what's the activity looking like on the ground? It's busy. There's a lot of tenant inquiry and we're getting... 10, 20, lots of tenants coming through in a home open, which is really boding well for our owners. But there is fierce competition to try and secure rentals for the tenants out there. Yeah, it's pretty rough if you're a tenant at the moment, but <laughs> nice to have the tables turned in favour of the landlord for once, hey? <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I've always said that in a downward market, you have to have a lot of the difficult conversations and you're always going to your clients with often bad news, even when you do everything right. And at the moment, it's making our property managers look like heroes, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. That's the way the market is at the moment. And we've just got to enjoy it while we can. Yeah. Make hay while the sun shines is my current saying. So you hear me <laughs> use that around the office a bit. I've heard it a lot, yes. <laughs> So what sort of properties are in demand at the moment? Is it completely across the board or is it some more in demand than others? Generally speaking, nicer looking properties in nicer locations near the CBD have been in more demand. So anywhere between sort of 10 to 15 Ks from the CBD with the only outlier at the moment being apartments. Apartments, well, because there's been a lot of stock, particularly say in East Perth, the demand hasn't been quite up to speed there, but it is starting to get a little bit better for owners in that area. But yeah, predominantly it's landed properties, yeah, 15 kilometres out from Perth. Yeah, and we've also seen those coastal suburbs do incredibly well. All the family-friendly areas, anything pretty much that's got good schools and good amenities is definitely going nuts. And yeah, as you point out, we are starting to see the West Perth and East Perth markets tighten up that previously had that big flood of Airbnb properties and short-term properties come back to the long-term pool. Yeah, so, I mean, they're not seeing too many tourists at the moment, are they? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) So, yeah, that has actually tightened up really quick and um, we're starting to see leasing times get back down to two to three weeks. But the others are often going in their first week, aren't they? 
yeah, that's it. One or two viewings and we've already got a couple of successful applicants uh, really eager to get the lease started. So I know from seeing the numbers behind the scenes, we're often going to a home open and having sometimes five applications already on the table before tenants have seen it. Now that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen those numbers for yeah five or six years now, but um, tenants are definitely putting their best foot forward early on and trying to submit applications so they can secure a spot even before they view the property. So yeah, it, it's it's a good time. It's a good time for us investors at the moment. So I guess if you're a landlord and you might be self-managing or thinking about self-managing your property, or if you're considering more going with a local agent who doesn't specialise in property management, why might you even consider choosing a specialist such as us to do the job when it is so easy to find tenants? You know, I've seen a whole bunch of crappy marketing still out there and it's probably doing the job, isn't it, Dwayne? Well, I guess finding tenants is one thing, but qualifying tenants is another and I guess a lot of our clients who choose to use us is because they do want that peace of mind and that they can trust someone to look after their asset like it's their own. So they don't have to want to worry about doing the viewings. They don't want to have to worry about screening people. And to be honest, Jared, some people are not very good at screening people. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I guess at the end of the day, why someone would choose a specialist like us is because it's the long-term journey that we're in for. And it's those small little things that we can do during that journey that make a big difference to the overall profitability of that investment vehicle. And it's just something so simple like getting an extra $10 or even $20 a week because of our marketing, because of our negotiations. You might think 20 bucks a week isn't a lot, but, you know, over a year, that's, that's a grand. And it'd be yeah. reasonable to say people holding an investment property, holding for long term, 10, 15 years, if it's a grand a year over 10 years, that's, that's 10 grand. So it's nothing to be sneezed at. And I think that... It's really important to get your marketing right, being proactive, being on the front foot. And that's just one little example of the things that we do that really boost your returns over a longer period of time. Yeah, for sure. And I know myself, sometimes 10, 20 bucks a week extra can be the difference between being negatively geared and positively geared and also the difference well, of it. paying for your property manager before they've even really gotten started. So it does <laughs> make it, a big it? difference. <laughs> That's it. So what should be people be doing or at least ensuring that their property manager is doing to attract a lot of, you know, the most interest they can in this market? So is there some things really, that you suggest? I know we've got a pretty, you know, great marketing package. Just run us through that. Yeah, so I guess probably the most important thing is making sure you've got the exposure for your property. If you're on the wrong platform, if you're on Gumtree, you're probably going to attract a certain type of tenant. So we want to make sure, number yeah, one, that you're on sure. the right platforms uh, for advertising. And that speaks to a marketing funnel that we measure weekly. But we'll go into that a little bit later, perhaps. In relation to what people should be doing, I think that the front hero image is really, really critical to getting those clicks as well. So if your hero image or your first image is one of a toilet, uh, it doesn't really show your property off very well. It's not going to turn yeah, people on keep to click scrolling. that ad. Yeah, that's it. Who wants, who wants to rent a property when the hero photo, the best photo is the toilet? So, I mean, that's probably the first thing. But the second thing that we'd like to do and make sure that we do any property coming on board is a video. And, you know, doing video tours really helps tenants get a feel for the property. And that's why we are getting applications before they see it. Yeah. Personally, is because the video is there, you know. So I think that makes a big difference to 
people out Definitely. there, the tenants there's, searching. There's still that apprehension out there, even though we live in our own bubble and COVID's kind of in the background. I think it's pushed everyone more towards technology. And now if you don't have a walkthrough video and someone can't check it out, heaven forbid, without getting off the couch and potentially, <laughs> you know, running into another human being, <laughs> they've got to, if you don't have a video, you're seriously not putting your property out there in, in the best way possible, are you? Yeah, that, that's it, exactly. So I think the hero photo is very, very important. You know, the video is important, but also getting quality photos throughout. Um, that's what's going to entice people to actually come down and have a look. Um, if your property photos are from, you know, 2010 and there's a date stamp on the bottom corner <laughs> and, you know, you, you look at these kind of adverts out there, it doesn't show the property off necessarily in its best light. And the idea is to try and capture as much interest as you can we're not fudging the photos, you know, we're not going to go and use a fisheye lens and make the, the room bigger than it is, but we really want to present it in its best light. And I think that's the best way to attract those tenants, be honest, be genuine, but show it in its best way. Yeah. And what I've um, always explained to clients is put throw as much at it almost as if you would a sale, you know, yeah. rentals yep. were seen as the the poor cousin of the real estate world. And, you know, five years ago, you'd be lucky if someone took a few photos on their phone and chucked it up. These <laughs> days, you know, you need professional quality photography with that's professionally produced. And, you know, you can take a little bit of creative license with making the green a bit nicer in the lawn and adding a, you know, a nice image to the TV screen in the living area. And, you know, all these things add to the emotional appeal of the property and get more tenants in the door. And, We've certainly known because we've been pushing it uphill the last uh, three to five years and we had to do every single, thing. <laughs> every single thing possible to get them there. So it definitely it. Is, works then and it's working now to have the best quality tenants to choose from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So explain this marketing funnel in, and I find it a really good way of an investor picturing what's happening with the, their property marketing and how the market's responding. So take us through that and what an investor should be expecting to yeah, know that yeah, it's definitely. working. So just like any marketing, whether you're marketing a business or a product, we want to know where different people are at in the funnel. And that way we can move those people closer towards the outcome, which is what we're trying to achieve an application. So when we're talking about a marketing funnel, top of the funnel for us is the exposure. So how many online clicks have you had? How many people have actually seen this ad? If that exposure number is too low, doesn't matter what price you're asking, you've only got a small market to play with. So the idea is that for us anyway, we're hoping to get 800 clicks per week and we measure our marketing funnel between Friday to Thursday every week and the idea is once you've had 800 clicks you're hoping to get a conversion ratio to about eight people who call you four people who come to the property and from the four people who come one person will actually apply now it's not to say that we can't manipulate that funnel I mean take for example let's say a 3-2 and Nolamara is going for 360 a week if we were to ask 400 a week then you still might have 800 clicks at the top, but the conversion ratio, because tenants don't see value in it, might only be two or three people inquiring a week. Whereas the opposite, if we drop that price to $300 a week, tenants suddenly see a lot of value in that. And from the 800 clicks, you're getting 30, 40, 50 people inquiring on the property. So by gauging that marketing funnel, within a few days, we can quickly tell if we've priced it right, if we've got the right exposure. And not always is it about price, because as I alluded to earlier, if your exposure is incorrect, 
and you're only getting a hundred yeah. people clicking a week, you're just never going to get the kind of response that's required to get an application a week. So and, I guess you know, it right really helps us, yeah, work out that we need if our marketing's right, then we can be sure that it is more about price. Is that that's right? That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, great. And what happens if you do get 30 people along to an open and you might have over underpriced it? How do you start to handle this situation? Because we don't want our owners missing out on extra rent, do we? Definitely not. I mean, the volume of people that come to a viewing puts pressure on others to make a decision quickly. Yeah, and definitely. when that happens, it's a genuine thing. We're not asking for more money. But if we say, hey, guys, you can see there's a fair bit of interest here. If you really want to secure this property, put your best foot forward. And people know what that means. It might be a little bit more money. It could be a bit more money, but it could be things like slightly longer lease term or starting the lease sooner or paying a little bit extra up front. Now, we're not going to necessarily say this is what you have to do to secure the property, yeah. but we're just going to reiterate the fact that it's got to be the best offer because we just want to make sure high. that you want it. You know, That's what can right. you do to make your application as strong as possible. That's right. So how do you go about even setting a price in this upward market? Because if we go and look at what's rented two months ago, three months ago, we're clearly getting outpaced by the market. The data is and the data's old. <laughs> so, you know, it is That's a bit it. of an art in setting the pricing. How are you seeing our team all do it? Yeah, so in speaking with the team and making sure that everyone's getting the pricing right from the get-go, what we're doing is looking at data from one, two, three months ago, yesterday's data, and I guess for a property manager, that's using RP data and looking at what properties actually achieved. But that's yesterday's data, and as you said, Jared, it's one of those things that where the market's moving so quickly that that data is outdated quite quickly. So not only do we look at yesterday's data, we'll look at today's data. What are other properties on the market currently asking for similar homes, which I think a lot of people do, tenants do that too. But where we future-proof ourselves a little bit is we look at the vacancy rate for that area. And when we look at the vacancy rate, as we know, the vacancy rate is the leading indicator to price. So if the vacancy rate is low, price is going to come up because of the pressure. Um, so when we look at that vacancy rate and see vacancy rates around 1% around so many suburbs in Perth. Yeah, well, anything under 3% we're seeing increases in price and... Yeah, with things being at 0.9% now across the board. I mean, if you look and you see it, it's half a percent or even, you know, and you do need to take it case by case. That's why it's such a a great approach there. You need to know the area. You need to know what it is there and then tailor what you're setting for your price accordingly, don't you? Well, that's it. And I guess it's not just looking at one set of those bits of data. We're looking at past, we're looking at present data and we're predicting future data by looking at the vacancy rate and by looking at that trend, we can see how fast that price is increasing and therefore we can predict what we should be asking for today to get that marketing funding flowing well and making sure we're maximising the returns and maximising the rent for our clients. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So a bit of crystal ball stuff in there too. A little bit. (laughs) What happens if you get it wrong? What happens if you're on three, four days and you don't get any inquiries at all? Is that the end of the world? Well, that's why we've got the marketing funnel, Jared. We're not going <laughs> to wait for three or four weeks to make an adjustment. I mean, the marketing funnel tells us. You'd be quickly. surprised out there, wouldn't you? How long, yeah, uh, no. especially when agents aren't 
referring to the data, aren't looking back at their inquiry levels. It's just head in the sand, two weeks pass, potential vacancy if they're renting their property out for the first time and, you know, they then come back asking for a price revision without any justification for it. (laughs) So Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So is there anything investors can do to improve the property and the price that they might get? I mean, is that even worthwhile doing at the moment? <laughs> Look, I mean, if you if you come along with a pretty nice looking property, there's not much, not much that you want to invest. I mean, you're going to overcapitalize in some instances, so it's a very delicate balance. And I think it's one of those things that to give that kind of advice, you sort of need to see the property. You need to go in and have a look and try and line that up to what the demographic in that area wants. So it is a bit of a open ended question, and how long is a piece of string kind of thing? But yeah. you know what investors can do to get the most from their rental properties at the moment is just to make sure that, you know, they have low vacancy rates, but also the fact that you've got someone on your side who can actually negotiate and talk to tenants and understand why they're at the property in the first place. Because if you understand the why of the decision making, you can bring that right back and that's it. And then that's probably the best thing you're going to do. I mean, repainting the walls, it's maintenance. It's going to make it look a little bit better, but you know, you're not going to get an extra 40 or 50 bucks for repainting the walls. So it is a delicate balance. And it's just, as I said, coming back to it, giving tenants what they want and, they're the times when, you know, you're going to get a really good bang for buck. Of course, we've found over the years that with setting a minimum standard to the properties that we take on and that we manage, it then makes it a lot easier to maintain and hold the tenants to that standard, doesn't it? So, you know, what are some of those things that you're requiring of any new landlord that comes to us? Where do you want to get it to? Well, has to be clean. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty yeah. straightforward Basic. one. It's yeah. got to be clean because something. I guess everyone's definition of clean can be a little different too. Not. I believe personally, Jared, that uh, it's either clean or it's dirty. <laughs> if there's a bit of dust on there, it's dirty. That's it. And I think that a lot of us uh, tend to agree in that way too. But if you give a property to a tenant in a way that's somewhat clean, then it's not clean, right? And by having that property at that top standard of everything has been cleaned you know, even the top of door frames, even the, the light fittings. That way, when the property comes back from the tenant, it's got to meet that standard as well. So cleaning is really, really important. And it also means that the property presents better to tenants and prospective tenants as they're coming through. So yeah, clean's number one. And look, I guess other things that we want to make sure is that, you know, if you've got big gardens, is it reticulated? Are we going to incorporate some kind of monthly lawn mowing service? Because these things, <laughs> I guess, can be quite difficult for a tenant to, to maintain and well, it's a lot busy, harder to right? get. That's right. Just human yeah, nature. Right. Yeah, so and once a grass grows, it's it very difficult to replace. Yeah, that's it. You know, as much low maintenance as possible, but sometimes it is difficult for certain properties for that to happen. And most importantly, I guess, the property just has to be up to maintenance. Well, you know, there's, there shouldn't be massive amounts of maintenance outstanding. Having those maintenance issues dealt with early on getting it all sorted out makes things a lot easier for us to it's, manage it's but annoying also means, for, for anyone when they move into a property that's right to find you know that the toilets aren't flushing correctly you know lights aren't wired here and there and all oh, the retics not working and you know i know it can be frustrating for a new landlord when we require these things but you get them up there you get them sorted and then you can hold the tenants uh, to them on the back end and you know you have a happy tenant and you have a long tenant too that stays a long time so well that's right yeah they usually come and rent a property because they like the property so if we can continue to build on that relationship 
not only will they continue to stay at the property because of the property, they also stay because of us, you know, yeah, they love exactly. the relationship and how things are fixed. And, you know, they also love the landlord, which makes a big difference to how long tenants actually stay around for. Yeah, for sure. So is there any major negatives that you definitely need to correct in a property, you know, to, to rent it out? Is, it gonna, is there anything that's going to make it harder? Anything that's going to make it harder? Again, it's case by case. You walk into a property and something's just, just glaring at you that you well, need to Well, I can think rectify. of a few. If you haven't got any, have I stumped you? Yeah, go you for a it. <laughs> a little bit on this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think, think to our uh, absolute, you know, non-negotiables and that's air con leading into to the summer period. I yep. once uh, rented a property without air conditioning as a bachelor. I even think to check until uh, six months later we hit summer and I was having to go sleep over at my parents' place. It was that hot and the owner wasn't willing to put AC in even when I offered to pay half. But that's, that's, that's another story. I, I, I was a pretty <laughs> ignorant bachelor at the time. But, yeah, my wife would never have us move into a property with AC without AC and I have learnt my lesson since too. So but what, is there anything else other than air conditioning that you can think of that is an absolute must that a property needs or that makes it harder to rent. I know from if you want to attract the higher quality tenants, having an open carport without any external gates can be a real negative or not having any yeah, carport. Secure parking essentially at all yeah. is a big, it, big one. And then you It's one of those ones though, Jared, that it's hard to it's not impossible, but it's a lot harder to yeah, hard. remedy that issue. Air conditioning, a couple of thousand dollars you should be able to yeah. put something in. But you know, if you're looking at boxing up a carport Nine times out of ten, you need the council approval, so it's not an easy exactly, one to yeah. get through. Other major negatives. And look, it does depend on your market because, you know, a lot of any tenant that's had a dishwasher will not go back to oh, not yeah. having a dishwasher. You know, like I, I would never live in a property without a dishwasher. But you know, one of the things we do with dishwashers is say we do rent a property three two that's just newly been built and there's no dishwasher as part of the handover. Rather than getting the owner to spend another five hundred bucks straight off the bat. We market the property as is, and as tenants come through, we ask a very important question. We say, is there anything stopping you from applying for this property? And, you know, if the example comes back, oh, look, we would rent it in a heartbeat, but it's got no dishwasher, and, you know, me and the missus fight about washing the dishes all the time. Well, great. We understand there's the one thing stopping them. Mr. Tenant, if we put a dishwasher in here before you moved in, would you be happy with that? Yeah, we'll take the property. Great understanding that we've marketed the property at a certain price without the dishwasher would you pay ten dollars more a week for it is that worth the argument with your with your wife and you know usually we can get that through and if we're getting an extra 10 bucks yeah simple well, yeah, 10 bucks a week they'd be interested in paying and yeah, yeah you might be surprised so that's and, an extra and of course, 520 yeah, bucks isn't it yeah you could go you know? and get one on a interest payback plan and you know get an extra five hundred dollars in your first year and average tenant with us stays typically three years so you're up a, a grand by the end of your tenancy so exactly exactly yeah, great one so with this COVID emergency period obviously very very difficult yeah in managing existing tenancies not in the sense that we've had a lot of problems, but more in the sense that only approximately 1% of tenants have been affected. And yeah, they definitely need special uh, treatment and all the support we can give them. But the 99% of tenants that haven't been affected by COVID have really been sheltered by these this emergency period putting a hold on rents. 
So, you know, we had 200 rental increases uh, sent out come 29th of September and uh, we had to retract them all because the emergency <laughs> period got extended to the 28th of March. So, yeah, lots of yeah. government thought they'd wait till the very last minute when we'd done all the work. Yeah, that was a blow. Sent all the rental was a increases. <laughs> but, look, yeah. you, you can't hold back a market indefinitely and you can't every time you put outward uh, forces and controls on things ultimately you know it does have unintended consequences as well so where does that leave landlords i guess with an existing tenant what can how do you see us managing things from here as we get to this end of the emergency period on the 28th of march well i guess as Long as the government doesn't decide to extend that period again, which let's be honest, not, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the chances aren't really high that they will. Its chances are, you know, given everything that's going on, the moratorium period will end. If that happens, then of course we're going to be looking at looking to increase the rents where possible with tenants that are currently sitting in rental properties paying far under what the market is suggesting is fair. We're not being silly, we're not being exorbitant. It's just so the where, fact that where, where have you? Seen rents go to in typically, I mean, okay, to give you an example, a property yeah. rented in 2018 in Valdivis, and at the time, 310 was a very competitive price for this type of property, 300 was roughly where the market was at, so not, not a bad price at the time. Now, only a couple of months back, that tenant did choose to vacate, which is great, but when we went to market looking at the past, present, and the future data set, as we mentioned earlier. We started asking 360 per week. That's close to 20% more. And when we did that, we still had 10 people come to our first viewing. So we got that one lease pretty quickly too. And, you know, for that client, they're pretty happy. They're pretty chuffed with themselves because they've managed to increase their returns by almost 20%. So predominantly through all of Perth in areas where supply is a little bit, I suppose, low, stock is low, it's, it's not impossible to see a 20% rental increase for some of these properties. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that with the COVID emergency period ending, it's going to be a delicate balance between landlords as well and the tenants because we don't want to jump that rent too much and upset tenants and, you know, sour a good relationship. But at the same time, we still need to make sure that we're getting the returns that we possibly can from our investment vehicles. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a delicate balance and that's where your property manager should be giving that kind of advice. You know, like us, we'd be giving that kind of advice to all our clients saying it's worth doing this, you know, these are the pros and cons. And, yeah, I guess that's where we have to go from from here. I guess we've just been uh, focusing a lot on educating the tenants as they go over the last five years. So they knew, you know, and let's face it, the average uh, person these days can work out rents pretty quickly thereabouts where they're where they're where they're at. So if they jump yeah. online and see that it's gonna be, you know, a comparably higher amount for them to rent elsewhere, then I think everyone does understand that they're gonna to have to pay more for their existing property. And when rents did drop twenty two percent, they've had it pretty well for so long and many tenants have, you know, they they're certainly used to being the one with the control, aren't they? <laughs> so we're yeah, that's it. We're used to that. So, but just to reiterate, we still we do respect all of our tenants, right? It's yeah, not definitely. that they're trying to rip them off or anything. It's just the fact that for a lot of investors who have purchased property over the past few years, uh, before even the market decided to have its little 
dip, you know, they've purchased with a return in mind, the goal of building an investment portfolio, the goal of getting ahead to themselves. And yeah. during that period, as rents were dropping, of course, landlords are doing the fair thing, having to get the property rent. They, they've got to drop the price to where the yeah. market was and at. They did the, and look, all, all of our clients also did the, the right thing by their tenants in order to keep a great one too. And we've certainly That's appreciated it. maintaining our long-term relationships with the tenants that we have. And, you know, many of them have been stuck with us. Even when they move, they <laughs> move to other properties and stick with us. So we do love our tenants and have a great relationship with them. But yeah, as things increase, we do have to have that balancing act and start passing it on because what would you rather uh, it to keep in line with market and, you know, bring those smaller increases, I guess, in line with market as you go and fit it into your budget? Or would you rather a big shock where <laughs> you have to go and move out and pay more and, and you know, it is better to keep it in line and, and then everyone's on the, a fair and even page? Yeah, I think transparency is really important. Just speaking to both parties, understanding where the market actually is, that makes a big difference. And having that open dialogue and great communication with both parties is part of our service. And that's what we like to do is make sure that, you know, both parties are respected. Of course, we always look out for the owner because we're working for them directly, you know, but nonetheless, by having a great relationship with your tenants as well, well, the I guess all the heavy lifting's done in the relationship that you create beforehand and the rapport that you have going into that conversation. Right. And of course, for other property managers that might have a more adversarial relationship, you know, they don't have that credit with the tenant to draw on and they can not often be drawing negative and really struggling. It can, to it can create conflict. Yeah. yeah, it can definitely create conflict. And that's what we, we try to avoid where we can by having good nurturing relationships, yeah. Well, Dwayne, thanks for chatting through all these ways to maximize rent in this rapidly increasing Perth market. I know, I know we're in for a serious ride ahead and much more exciting times for all of our clients. And yeah, it's certainly a great time to be getting into the Perth market if you're considering investments. So thanks for chatting with me today. No worries, Jared. I'll speak to you tomorrow. <laughs> might, <laughs> might also get you back for a future episode if you're lucky. Oh, looking forward to it, mate. Thanks, mate. See ya. All right. See ya. Bye-bye.